Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. All right, turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 20, please. Acts chapter 20. While you're turning there, I do want to give a plug-in for my wife. Uh, she is going to have her uh, Speed the Light Christmas uh, shop uh, next Sunday morning. Uh, they're going to be selling more of her pecans, her candy pecans. You know you love them. So she's going to be selling more of those, uh, the soaps that they make, the homemade soaps, as well as some other crafts and goodies things. So uh, make sure you come next week. Uh, I'm excited about that. We, she's done a fantastic job of uh, hit, almost hitting our Speed the Light goal. We're very close to it. So we've raised... Um, what 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 do we what do we raise? We've raised over twenty three thousand dollars so far for Speed of Light. So our, our goal was twenty five thousand, and we're almost there. So come support it. It's all for missions and support our missionaries all over the world. So good morning, everybody. Isn't it good to live in Florida? Yeah, it's been so good. It's uh, cool in the mornings, warm in the afternoons, sunny days. This is what you moved to Florida for, right? Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to be able to share with you. I'm also excited about the Fed Showcase that's going on out there. Um, there's so many great small groups that are meeting in and around the area. Um, I'd love for you guys to stop and, and take a look at, at the tables. Um, there's some great groups, and I, and I hope you guys uh, take some time and, and see what's going on out there. If you're joining us online, I just want to say thank you for choosing to worship with us today. You could be joining one of a thousand other churches who is streaming online, but you're with us today, and I just want to say thank you. Please introduce yourself in the comments. Tell us where you're watching from, what the weather's like, where you're watching from. We know what it's like here in Florida. Amen. I am privileged to fill in for Pastor Strickland while he's on vacation. For those who don't, don't know me, my name is Pastor Daniel. I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly. What that means, I'm the staff geek. Um, if, it's, if it's nerdy, I, I do part of it in some form or fashion around here. So um, if you've interacted with the church in any way, digitally or, or online, it was probably me that you were talking to. So, hey, I'm glad you're with us. Uh, thank you for letting me minister uh, God's word to you today. Um, Acts chapter 20, I'm going to read. By the way, let me put a plug in for something else I do too. Um, on our Next Steps portal that you hear about all the time, oag.church, one of the drop downs there is uh, latest message notes. If you click on that, we use the YouVersion Bible app to put our message notes on there. Pastor Strickland gives me his scriptures every Sunday and I put them in there. You can follow along with the scriptures. Um, I even put some points and some next steps, some Bible study material. You can even take your own notes on it, right? there on your phone there's a link to it right there oag.church latest message notes click the link it'll take you to it um, I really enjoy taking notes uh, when pastors preach and I like taking notes and and it keeps them there in my Bible study app so just putting that in so Acts chapter 20 if you're there say amen, amen. if you're not uh, hang on here we go anyway Acts chapter 20 verse 7 says on the first day of the week when we were gathered together to break bread Paul talked with them, intending to depart the next day, but he prolonged his speech until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered, and a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. Anybody ever felt like you've been in that service before? <laughs> and being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. 
But Paul went down and bent over him and taking him in his arms said, Do not be alarmed for his life is in him. And when Paul had gone up and broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a long while until daybreak and so departed. And they took the youth away alive and were not a little comforted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for um, giving us the bread of life. Thank you for bringing us all together today. Let us hear what you have to say to us. You prepared this message. You gave it to me. You put it on my heart. And here I am speaking about it today. So God, uh, let us be ready to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. I've asked the, the, the booth to lower the lights just for a few minutes. We'll, lower, we'll raise it back up. We're going to lower the lights just a little bit to set the stage for what just happened in the scripture that I just read. Because it's here in Acts chapter 20 that we have the earliest recorded description of a Christian worship service. Several features, though, are, are worth noting. I want to talk about that for a second. First, the early believers didn't meet on the Sabbath, which was Saturday, but on the first day of the week, which was Sunday. The believers chose to meet on Sunday because Jesus rose from the grave on a Sunday. So it was around this time that, tr- that the tradition of meeting for church on a Sunday rather than a Saturday began. Secondly, the first believers met in the upper room of someone's house and not in a church building. Because church buildings like we have today didn't come along till around the third century. If you're happy to be in this nice, comfortable church building this morning, say amen. amen. So... Luke tells us that this crowded and dark room had oil lamps for light. And these oil lamps, of course, would have released fumes and smoke in the air. There's all these people crowded in. Um, It's it's hot. And as Paul preached and answered the believers' questions up until midnight, that's a long service. Eutychus, a young man who history tells us that he was somewhere between 8 and 14 years old, he fell asleep and fell out the window that he'd been sitting on, falling three stories down to his death. Most likely, he had moved to the window to escape the fumes and the, the, the heat and probably the smell of all those that were gathered. The window would have provided the freshest and coolest air available in that setting. But despite all that, he still managed to fall asleep and fall to his death. Now, for obvious reasons, this shocked everybody there, right? We would all be shocked. But in the midst of all the commotion, Paul embraced Eutychus' body and told the crowd that he was alive. The man was literally dead and then brought back to life right there in front of everybody. After the believers witnessed this miracle, they returned upstairs to their meeting place. And and no doubt at this point, he had their full and undivided attention. And he preached until daybreak. That's a long church service. I'm only going to keep you here, hopefully, for about another half hour, and we're going to lunch. He kept them till the next morning because they were hungry for God's word. Now, before we begin to pick on Eutychus for falling asleep in church, you can bring the lights back up. Before we begin to pick on him, um, let's take a closer look at what his day may have looked like. First, the church met on Sunday, as we just talked about a while ago, which is normal for us today because Sunday is the usual time we do it. It's the time that churches worldwide gather to hear from God's word and fellowship together. But at this time in history, Sunday was not treated like a weekend. Most of us, I don't know about most of us anymore, but many of us still have weekends off. It's almost like a a weekly holiday. It wasn't like that back then. Jews at large would have still treated Saturday as the Sabbath, and Sunday would have been a day uh, of work, just like any other day in the week like it is for us today. So for them, it was like a Monday. It was like a Monday. How many loves Mondays? 
The believers would have gathered in the evening because they would have had to work all day long. It's a good possibility that this guy, Eutychus, had, just like most of the others there, had probably worked all day long. But despite that hard day's work and knowing that another hard day of work awaited him the next day, he still went to church. He fought to stay awake in an atmosphere that would probably put anybody to sleep. He worked hard all day listening to a long message by Pastor Paul, but he still went to church. Now, I've heard people say, I, don't, I didn't come to church this morning because I stayed up too late watching the latest episode of fill in the blank and I couldn't make it. Or I went out with friends and I didn't go to bed till three o'clock this morning. Or my kids just didn't feel like getting up today. I know how that feels. Or it was cold outside or it was hot outside. Or my personal favorite, my kids had a sports ball game today, which only teaches your children that God gets your leftovers, but whatever. I've heard many other excuses why people decide not to come to church and worship Jesus. And that's right. I'm about to come at everybody. I'm about to come at you for not coming to church. Now, let's be honest. Everybody will, everyone will not always wake up on a Sunday morning and want to come to church. I get that. In fact, you're probably thinking, this message is for the people not here today. I get that too. I'm preaching to the choir. You're here. I'm thankful for that. But not everybody's going to want to get up on a Sunday and go to church. I understand. But we should always fight the spiritual, because it's a spiritual battle, whether you want to believe it or not. We should always fight the spiritual battle by remembering the price that Jesus paid for us to be made right with God, especially since we are live streaming our church services on Sunday morning. My online people can comment amen right now in the comments. You can watch from your bed, drinking hot chocolate and eating a donut, getting crumbs all in your bed every Sunday. Sunday morning. There's no reason that you can't come to church in some form or fashion. I manage the live stream as if you're not here, you should be at least commenting so we know that you're alive. We, you're part of our family. We love you and we care about you when you're not here. So at least comment in the live stream so I know that you're still alive. And for those of you who claim to be Christians, I honestly see very little excuse these days for you not to attend church physically or digitally. Now, I know that that's going to ruffle some feathers. I know that some people are like, mm, you're getting into my business, Pastor Daniel. Well, you can blame God for that because this is the message he put on my heart and you're just going to have to sit there and listen. Now, I know that we can come up with reasons and some of them are legit. I understand. I understand. Some of them are legit. That's between you and God. You can fool me and you can fool people here, but you can't fool God. He knows why you're not in church. Jesus' love and sacrifice should help us overcome the temptation to skip church and motivate us to gather with our church family where we can grow in our knowledge and our likeness of him as we receive the encouragement that comes with being with other believers. Somebody say amen. amen. Now maybe you're someone that hasn't had to deal with the temptation of not coming to church on Sunday because you're tired or another event or you want to do something else instead. Maybe like me, you grew up with a drug problem. I was drugged to church every time the doors were open, no matter what I wanted to do. <laughs> Mom, I don't want to get up today. Get up, boy. You ain't dead. You're coming to church. They drug me to church every time. If you haven't had to wrestle with that spiritual battle or whether or not you go to church yet, you will. I hope, like Eutychus, that you will resolve to make church a weekly habit so that you can get the teaching, preaching, and encouragement that comes, to going to, comes with going to church with other believers so that you can continue to become a committed follower of Christ. 
So now moving forward, I want us to look at how we can get the most out of our time here at church. I call this message today The Squeeze because just like grandma making lemonade, my grandma made homemade lemonade and homemade biscuits, praise the Lord. Just like grandma making homemade lemonade, God wants to squeeze as much out of your time at church that he possibly can. To get the most out of church, first thing you got to do is be there. <laughs> Seems fairly obvious, right? Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect the, our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And that was almost 2,000 years ago. The day of his return is getting closer. Amen? Especially as, as that time is getting closer, we should not forsake the meeting together, coming to church. If Satan can keep you out of church and keep you distracted, it will be much easier to defeat you or render you worthless in advancing God's kingdom here on earth. Not only will Satan use your absence to keep you from advancing the king, God's work, but he will also use it to keep you from hearing God, receiving the encouragement that you might need to keep you motivated in your faith. Listen, it's no surprise that people slip away from their faith when they stop attending church. It's no surprise that that happens. Satan wants to prevent you from hearing God speak a much needed word into your life situation. I've come to church all my life, as I already talked about. It, it never fails. I'm going to get something out of that service, whether it's the word that I needed to hear or maybe the word that I needed to hear for that day. Because we're all going through something, and we all need to hear what God has to say to us. And sometimes I just need to hear what God has to say to me right now. Right now. When you're in a funk, and you're going through the hard times of life, that's the most important time of all that you should be in church. The mo I'm going to say that again because I didn't hear y'all. That's the most important time of all that you should be in church. When you're having a bad day, when you're having a bad week, when you're having a bad year, you need to be in church. More important than any other time. Don't let Satan beat you by distracting you. We're at war, folks. War in the spiritual realm. And he wants you dead. Don't let him beat you by sleeping in. But just being here on Sundays is not enough. You may not be coming to church and actually falling asleep, at least not yet, I hope. But some of you might as well be sleeping because you're here physically, but mentally and spiritually, you're a million miles away. You can sit out there and act like I ain't talking to you, but I am. If I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to the person sitting next to you. Go ahead and nudge him and tell him he's talking to you. You may miss what God wants to say to you through the teaching and preaching of God's word or through worship uh, or through the relationships here in our church family because you were distracted. That's how the enemy works. He wants to keep you distracted. Um, maybe you're texting or surfing the web or playing games on your phone. Go ahead and act like you're not. I'll be the first to admit, I love my phone. I'm the first guy. When I get bored, my phone comes out. So if, if it's not a good message, <laughs> pulling it out. Shame on me. Shame on the rest of the people that do that too. It's so easy, especially these days. Our attention spans are so short. I get it. It's so easy to pull out the phone. You're missing what God has to say to you. Years ago, we went to uh, church camp. And uh, if you're watching online, um, you know who you are because he sees us from time to time. Years ago, we went to church camp. I took a young man with us. And he really wanted to get something out of the Lord. But every time I looked during church, he was goofing off playing around with his friends. So it's several days. It were, I think it's Thursday night. 
and we're having this great altar call, and God's moving, and, and, and students are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and called to the ministry, and great things are happening around the altar, and he comes to me and says, Pastor Daniel, I'm trying so hard, but I'm just not getting anything out of this. And I said, buddy, I've been watching you all week, and during the, during the messages, during worship, during the sermon, you were completely gone. Where were you when God was trying to speak to you? And he took that to heart. I remember he came back and told me later, he says, you're right, I haven't, I haven't been. Um, and I'm changing that right now. Uh, today, he's, he's, he's a, a young adult, got, got a child of his own, and he's raising, he's in church doing, uh, doing what God called him to do. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But don't let Satan be a distraction. He will throw everything at you to be a distraction and prevent you from hearing what God has to speak to you. Or even worse, this is worse, you may be distracting others around you, causing them to miss out on what God has for them at that specific time. I wrote this originally for the teenagers, so you can kind of tell I'm, I, I, I was kind of talking to them, but we're guilty of that too. We, get to, we, we can be distracting with the things that we're doing in, in, in church. Uh, we may be the cause of somebody else missing eternity because we were distracting. Don't be that person. God wants to speak to you while you're at his house. And he wants to speak to your neighbor while, he's at, while we're at his house. In order for us to hear what he wants to say to us, we've got to be engaged and seek him uh, both in our time here at church and in our personal time. As Pastor Amanda was talking about before, we've got to be engaged during the week as well. But church is where we come to really get fed and fellowship together. Now let's look at what God wants to accomplish in his word while you're at church. Let's look at what God wants to accomplish with his word. First off, God makes us wise to salvation. That's a fancy way to say he helps us understand the need to accept his offer of hope and eternal life. That's what his word does for us. He uses his word to reveal himself to humanity, tells us how to live a godly life, and tells us how God will bring all of history as we know it to an end. Dun, dun, dun. Spoiler alert, it's in the book. If you didn't know it, go open your Bible and read it. It's there. God gives us a description of what's going to happen at the end of days. And by the way, you can see some of that stuff happening today. Paul told Timothy in his second letter to him uh, that God's word is useful to teach us what is true or what truth is. How many can say amen to that? Our society today it doesn't even know what truth is anymore. It's a moving target. I can tell you what it is. It's God's word. It will never not be the truth. That was a double negative. Sorry for all the English teacher out there. It also corrects us when we do wrong and shows us what to do instead. God also uses his word to equip us to do his work. Then, Paul then instructs Timothy in Timothy 4.2, who was a pastor at a church in Ephesus. He, he wrote this letter to him and he said, Preach God's word at all times, using it to patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage the believers with good teaching from God's word. That letter was written to a pastor to tell the people how to be a Christian. That's how it happens. But in order for us to get the most out of church, to make sure we get all that God wants to say to us on a given Sunday, to really fulfill what God wants to accomplish with his word while at church, we have to really be there. Not just physically, but mentally and spiritually. You gotta be here, you gotta be engaged with what's going on around you. What does that really mean? What does it really mean to be there? I'm glad you asked, let me tell you. First off, you need to come expecting. You, thank you, you need to come expecting. Mark chapter six tells us a story of how people weren't expecting Jesus. They weren't expecting Jesus or the message that he had to speak straight from his own lips. And because of that, they completely missed it. 
That was his hometown. He was talking to people in his hometown. They weren't expecting that. They weren't ready that. They weren't expecting God's word. And they completely missed what Jesus had to say. We should, be, we should come ready to hear something from the Lord every time you're in God's house. Come expecting it. We should come ready to hear, perhaps even spend some time in prayer asking God to prepare our hearts for what he has to say to us. That's, every time I preach, that's in my prayer. The students, they know because I say it. Every time I preach, I say, Lord, prepare our hearts for what you have to say to us. Maybe you need to spend some time before you even get here in prayer that God would prepare your heart for what he has to, had for you today. today. If you come expecting, he won't disappoint. Come expecting when you come to church. Next thing is come, come in right relationship with others. Uh, so one of the best parts about being part of a church family is the fellowship with other believers. That's just another churchy way of saying that we are a family and we look after, care for, celebrate, and mourn together. But just like every other family, we have a little bit of dysfunction because we're human. That's how it goes. Sorry. But God put the church together as a family on purpose. It's a living organism. We are a family. No matter what you look like, no matter what your background is, you are welcome in God's family. We are a family. The problem is, some of you guys have beef with somebody else in this room right now. I'm talking to somebody, statistically speaking, there's a whole bunch of people in this room right now who has something else against somebody else in this room because that's what happens when you're in a family. But that becomes a distraction. It becomes a weapon of the enemy to keep you from hearing God's word because you have a problem with somebody else in this room. It's a distraction and you're falling for it. You're missing what God has for you because of that foolishness. Don't hold something against your brother. The scripture says if you got something against him, go talk to him about it. Get it done. Get it done, out of the way. Don't let that be a distraction. Next, come for an audience of one. Remove the distractions. Turn off your phone if you need to, or at least they all have this capability, turn off the notifications. If you use your phone for a Bible, I do, I get it, so turn off the notifications. My phone has church service mode on it. It comes on automatically because it's on a schedule. Notifications are turned off, except for notifications from my wife because she will yell at me. Maybe you need to politely tell those around you not to talk during worship or find a place to sit that minimizes distractions. There's room in here. We have two services if it gets a little crowded in here. Worship as if it were just you and God. Mm. Stop worrying about what everybody else thinks regardless of what they are doing. Worship as if it's just you and God. That's why we worship is to get our heart, one of the many reasons we worship is to get our spirits in tune with God's spirit so that we can hear what he has to say to us, to push out all the distractions that life has put in our way, to take a little while to get our, our spirits in, in tune with God's spirit so that we can hear his word. Amen. When we first got here, one of the first people we met was a young lady named Mindy Dobbins. I'll never forget her. She passed uh, not too long ago now. She's like been, she was like a grandparent to my kids. But I got to tell you, I loved watching her worship. For those of you who didn't know, she sat about over here in the choir, and she worshiped loudly and flamboyantly. She didn't care what anybody thought about it either. 
I'm not sure how well she could sing, but it didn't matter to the Lord. She worshiped with all of her heart, and, and she put her everything into it. I miss that so much. When you are here, worship as if it's just you and God. It's an audience of one. You're not worshiping for the people sitting next to you. You're not the one on stage. And for the people up here on stage, they know that. They're not the one here to perform. They're worshiping Jesus, an audience of one. Worship as if it were just you and God. And last, you need to come prepared when you come to church. Here's what I mean by that. Be rested. Go to bed at a decent time. Yes, I stayed up late watching the Big Ten Championship game last night. It was about midnight when I went to bed. I'm guilty of that. Sorry. But I'm still here. I'm preaching. Go to bed at a decent time on Saturday night. Get up early enough on Sunday morning so that you're not rushed and able to spend some time one-on-one with God before you get here. I, I, I have kids. I get it. You're rushing out the door and you're doing everything you can to corral them. By the time you get here, you're mad. <laughs> I get it. All right. Maybe you need to set the alarm for about 15 minutes earlier so that you're not rushing so much. Bring your Bible. Come on now. You can get it on your phone. Bring God's Word. Don't show up to class without your textbook. Don't show up to battle without your weapon. Bring your Bible. Pull it up on your phone if you have to. You should be following along. I could be lying to you. Listen, you could look at Sunday service as game day. I'm a football fan. Roll Tide. You can look at Sunday service as game day. You've practiced all week. You've, you've loved God throughout your week. You've spent time with him. You've been reading his word. You've been praying. Uh, you've been preparing all week long, and now you're ready to play because you're rested. You're expecting. You're in good relationship with your teammates and ready to please our coach, to please God. Think of this as game day and come to church prepared. Amen. And uh, during the first service, uh, or after the first service, Charlie came up to me and he says, I got another one for you. You need to come to church ready to give. Luke 6, 38. You guys know that, right? Give, press down, shaking together and overflowing. <clears throat> Listen, I'm not just talking about tithes. Yeah, that's part of it. You need to come to church to give because that's part of the Christian life. But we need to come to church to give our tithes, our talent, our treasure, uh, all of that. We need to be serving in God's house. You need to come to church to give. But why is squeezing the most out of your time at church important? I have a simple answer for that. Getting the most out of our, our church time is important because it's really a matter of life and death. It's a matter of life and death. Psalm 119.105 says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's a well-known verse. We all pretty much know that one. Listen, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter uh, in the Bible with 176 verses, and they all deal with God's Word. Some deal with God's Word being true and wonderful. Other verses urge us to obey God's command no matter how bad life gets. Others tell us that obedience to God's law is the only way to achieve true happiness. Needless to say, I think God wanted to emphasize the importance and uniqueness of His Word by making it the topic of the longest chapter in His Word. So if his word is a light to our path, how are we to know what the right path is? By studying and knowing God's word, the Bible. Well, where can you go on a weekly basis to learn God's word? Church! You come to church, and you should be coming to Sunday school too. <clears throat> 
Putting that out there? Yeah, that's right, Miss Jeannie. I knew I'd get, I'd get her on that one. You should be coming to Sunday school, too. We call it Sunday school for a reason. Listen, this church service is you sitting there being quiet listening to me. All right? You come to Sunday school class, she's going to answer questions. She's going to fellowship with other believers. They're going to be answering questions with one another. In a little while after we're done, we're going to talk about all the small groups that are out there. That's the best time to grow in God's Word right then and there. You should be coming to small, small groups and to Sunday school. You should be doing that. So make the most out of your time here at church because it really is a matter of eternal life and death. Eutychus, the young man in our Bible story, he fell asleep and fell to his death during a long church service. Hopefully that won't happen today. Fortunately for him, God decided to use Paul to raise him back to life in order to further prove that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God. This miracle also encouraged those that gathered at the church service to listen and put into action many things that Paul was teaching them that day. The fact of the matter is, we will all eventually die if Christ does not return before the end of our lifetimes. We will all eventually die. And more than likely, there's not going to be anyone around to raise you from the dead like Paul did for Eutychus. With that in mind, it is important to know what the Bible teaches about God, sin, Jesus and his death and resurrection on the cross, how we can be made right with God and what God wants from us after we give our lives over to Christ. We should be ready to tell others the truth about God's word because we ourselves have been taught and are experiencing the blessing of knowing and obeying his word and being in relationship with Jesus Christ. We can then share this way of life using the truth of God's word because we've gotten the most out of our time at church and we've been equipped and encouraged to do God's work. I need to stop and point out, by the way, I'm the online campus pastor, so I gotta talk to my online people. First off, I wanna thank you for joining us. You could be at any church on the planet right now, but you're here with us. You're part of our family. And we love having you as part of our family. But you're here. You're attending. We had one of the ladies jump on the live stream this morning. Uh, she said, I'm not feeling very well this morning, but I'm here at church because she's watching online. You got no reason not to. We want you to get the most out of your time at church. And God wants you to get the most out of your time at church, to squeeze as much out of that time as possible. So like Paul, our pastors and teachers realize that the way to eternal life it's found only in the Bible, in God's Word. Amen? The Bible serves as an instruction manual for our lives and His followers. If I didn't believe that, if I didn't believe that the Bible was God's Word and that all of it is true, let me say that again, all of it is true, not just a little bit, not just parts and pieces, all of it is true, then I wouldn't be here week in, week out teaching from it and pleading with you to allow it to be the guide for your lives. And neither would any of the other leaders that are here. That's why week in and week out, I do what I do because I believe that. That's why your pastors and your leaders do what they do. We plan, we spend money for nice chairs and air conditioning and heat, thank the Lord, and a good-looking lobby and coffee. We spend money to buy Bibles and Sunday school curriculum and other resources to help you grow in your knowledge and likeness of Jesus. It's why we, why we fellowship together and hang out for fun. It's why the pastor studies hours each week to speak on Sunday mornings. It's why the worship team practices throughout the week. This is church. We are the family. We are the family of God. How do you continue in your life with Christ when it gets hard and discouraging? You do so by fellowship with other believers and encouragement through prayer and teaching of God's word. 
And where do you get that? At church. At church. Right here at church. But you have to be here. You gotta really be here and allow God to speak to you through other believers, through worship, through the teaching and preaching of God's word, and through serving. Although I'm putting a plug in for serving. If you're not serving somewhere in the church, you should be. I've found over the years that serving, not only do I grow more, I learn more by being a servant to the church. But you have to be here. Really be here. Let me say it again. You have to be here. It really is a matter of life and death. For you and for those you know, either sitting beside you, the people that you have influence on, your children, your neighbors, and everybody that we interact with out there. It really is a matter of life and death. Would you bow your heads this morning? Worship team, please come on up. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share from your word. I thank you that your word is truth, that your word is, is living and alive, and it changes us as we apply it to our life, God. I thank you for fellowship with other believers. I thank you that, that we have this wonderful place that we can come every week, multiple times a week, to get together and hear from your word, to fellowship together, to discuss and learn God's word and grow from it. God, most of all, I thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for us. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.